Ladies and gents, we're at episode 13. How cool is that? You might think it's unlucky, but I think we make our own luck. Shout out to the listener in Whitehorse who checked out the last episode. We're going to talk a tiny bit about your neck of the woods today. You know, people are always asking me, 222, you're so good looking. And now, your number one source for what's happening in Canada today. From the mind that brought you 222 minutes, this is my 222 cents. Three, two, one. Liberal MP Melanie Jolie spoke to compost manufacturer the Toronto Star recently about efforts to bring more women into Parliament. The irony of this is lost on her, though, because in the last few years, her boss, whose head is as empty as his promises, has kicked out more women than Leonardo DiCaprio's butler. I want to talk to you guys about Bill C-10 for a minute, but I can't. Not because I'm not allowed to yet which I won't be able to once it passes, but because no one knows what the hell is going on. The content of this bill has changed a lot already with things going in and out so many times it looks like the night your mom came over. They're essentially making it up as they go, like the script of Batman and Robin. And anyone who's had the punishment of sitting through that cinematic travesty can tell you that this is a bad idea. Canada's Heritage Minister, Stephen Gibel, I hope I'm pronouncing that wrong, has been screwing this up from the get-go. Seriously, this man collects fuck-ups the way my night table collects empty glasses. And if you don't believe me, ask your mom. So let's start with some speculation. I imagine it was something like this. Minister Grubbybutt was having some overpriced drinks with some liberal friends at taxpayer expense and asking themselves what they could do to stay in power and how they could make headway in fucking Quebec. While this was happening, one of them got a nasty tweet from some upstart Twitter account, so they put two and two and two together. They could support French music production by giving them mandatory airtime on the internet, probably in exchange for donations to the war chest, shore up some more support in fucking Quebec, and silence the wrong thinkers on social media who have the audacity to be critical of their godhood all at the same time. And yeah, in case you didn't realize, they don't like us. Look at Catherine McKenna, who has cried to the masses about how mean and unfair it is to make fun of her tenuous grasp on things like the English language, logic, and accountability. Look at Mark Gerritsen, Another liberal MP who has decided lately to be the most vocal partisan mouthpiece in a party that spends more time flapping its yappers than doing anything else. He did a ludicrously bad video a few days ago. I mean, it was bad. It seriously tried to use an article on the current state of border control measures to debunk claims that the liberals refused to close the borders 16 months ago. And by claims... I mean people just referring to press conferences where the liberals said they weren't going to close the border 16 months ago. Also in it, he addressed a really popular point that I, to the best of my knowledge, was the first person to make. That every single case we have is a result of international travel. So yeah, while I can't promise you that a liberal MP just cut a video directly addressing one of my criticisms of their shit pinata of a government, It really looks that way. And one of the problems with Bill C-10 
is that it looks like it will be made with provisions that will limit our ability to give opinions that are critical of the government. How far are they going to go to stifle free speech? Drafts of the bill specifically say that parody is not allowed. And as soon as you can't make fun of the government, you cannot criticize the government. They, and by they, I mean us, paid a few hundred thousand dollars to consult with a BS company called the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, who made a ridiculously partisan survey. I won't get into the boring details of it, but if you've taken one class in marketing, you'll know how to make a better survey than this. And I know that because I took one class in marketing. Anyway, this bogus survey was used as a pretense to justify a bill that's going to enforce mandatory Canadian content and allow the CRTC, who can all eat a bag of dicks, by the way, to arbitrarily decide which Canadian content people see. And in case you're wondering if I think I'll be on the list, I just told the people making the list to eat a bag of dicks. And speaking of motherfuckers, because some stuff caters to fucking Quebec, it's of course got the backing of the Bloc. Ah, the Bloc Québécois. What a bunch of retards. They're the party whose main raison d'etre is to have fucking Quebec separate and they only run candidates in one province. What in the segregated and surrendering fuck are they thinking? That's dumb even for a politician. They could dominate Western Canada without even trying. I mean, just think about how the conversation would go. What's your stance on immigration? Quebec leaves Ottawa. What kind of policy would you implement to address rural crime? Québécois sovereignty. What is the ideal corporate tax rate? Nine provinces. How would you change the current monetary policy? No more how you say French. Well, I think I've heard enough. You've got my vote, you goddamn cheese beaner. Good luck and Godspeed. Now, I hear lots of folks saying that they shouldn't be allowed to run federally because they only care about the interests of one area. Two things. One, that's their strength. It works really well for them. Imagine if Western Canada had a party like that. Two, anyone should be able to run under any platform. You want to run on actual white supremacy? Have at it. You want to run on communism? By all means. You want to form the burn 222 minutes at the stake after cutting his balls off party? I won't vote for you, but I support your right to be on that ballot. Some folks don't want them to exist because they don't care about the rest of Canada. I don't think that's fair. They ran on a platform of not giving a shit about the rest of Canada. That's what they got elected for. That's what's expected of them. It's also what the Liberals got elected for, but that's another conversation. This is how democracy is supposed to work, even if you don't like the people who benefit from it. Hating them for the way they exist is silly. It's like hating Budweiser for being shit, or hating Moncatanians for being lazy. If this isn't for you, that's fine. Don't vote for them. But everyone should be able to run on any platform, and everyone should be able to vote for whichever party they think is best. The dust is settling after an illegal rodeo took place in small-town Alberta a few weeks ago protesting the lockdowns. Despite a hue and cry from a lot of people used to hewing and crying their pronouns that it was going to be a super-spreader event, not a single person contracted the big scary virus. 
Apparently, there's another rodeo plan in a few weeks calling for Premier Jason Kenney's resignation. If they don't want to run the risk of having the police shut them down, my advice to them would be to say it's also pro-Palestine. That seems to be working really well lately. Or you could just go with Old Faithful and say it's for Black Lives Matter, and they might even take a knee for you. Breaking news. Opposition leader Aaron O'Toole faced criticism from people online last week, including media personality Evan Solomon, for a tweet Evan saw as sexist about how Aaron's wife gave him a beer when he finished a jog. Evan, all of us here at the 222 Minutes News Desk can't wait to see the look on your face when you find out about waitresses. So Rachel Notley made yet another interesting gaffe the other day. She's trying to rally support for her party, which is looking to take back the helm from the poorly named United Conservative Party, which just kicked out two members and is trying to appeal to everyone by spending just a teensy bit less money than the socialists did. Calling yourself United and Conservative doesn't mean that you're either. You can't just change the way something is by calling it something else. A man does not become a woman by saying he's a woman, and me saying I have a magnum dong does absolutely nothing to change the amount of disappointment your mother experiences. Anyway, Notley tweeted, From Leduc to Lethbridge, from Fort Vermillion to Milk River, I'm running to be a premier that serves all Albertans. Let's build a future for our great province together. Get involved. It's a very inspiring message. Wonderful. Unless, of course, you're from Fort Vermilion, which she spelled wrong. Not a great look for someone who's trying to come across as caring about small towns. It wasn't even the first time she did something like this. She put an extra H in Hannah a few years ago, and if that town sounds familiar, this is how I remind you it's where Nickelback is from. Of course, these aren't a couple isolated incidents. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could say that everything the NDP does is stupid and you wouldn't be far off the mark. But I'm talking specifics here. A few years ago, in the Great White North of the Great White North, their election campaign was published as, and I quote, The Yukon NDP will something something environment. During the last Saskatchewan election, the NDP mailed out a flyer where they spelled Saskatchewan wrong. Not a great look. Quick side note, anyone with a very long memory is going to know that the Saskatchewan party did the same thing in a commercial that had Brad Wall looking so young you'd think he was wearing his dad's suit. Yeah, other parties screw up. But right now, I'm talking about it being a systemic problem with the new Democrats. And boy, do they love talking about systemic problems. Every party has a niche demographic. The Green Party are supporters of poorly named Green initiatives. The Bloc Québécois looks after fucking Quebec. Liberals encourage backroom deals, and voters who don't know a whole lot about what's going on in the world lack critical thinking and constantly see racism and oppression at every corner. The Conservatives are the exception to this, as they've been trying to be everything to everyone lately, and as such have become nothing to no one. They are salted mayonnaise on white bread. The NDP say they take care of the marginalized. Their voters are usually poor and downtrodden, unionized, or someone who makes a living off of one of those two groups. 
And here's where it all comes together. Parties have an incentive to increase their voter base. The Greens push for more poorly named green stuff. The Bloc want more stuff for fucking Quebec. The Liberals pass laws helping legacy media, their donators, stifling free speech, and turning everything into race baiting. And the NDP have a bunch of bad ideas that make unions bigger and less accountable, and everyone else poor. In fact, the only good thing they actually do for poor people is make sure that they're not alone. The NDP fuck more people than your mom does. I mean, let's face it. If the NDP did a good job of being the NDP, there would be no one left to vote for the NDP. And these are the people that the parties draw from. The liberals get half-assed news celebrities like Seamus O'Regan and businessmen who use their political position to make themselves richer like Bill Morneau. And the NDP get career union guys and financially illiterate train wrecks. It's why when Notley won in Alberta in 2015, among other things, they had an MLA that had to drop out of university to take the job and a yoga instructor. I'm not saying they're bad people, but it's a big jump from there to being an elected official. And this means you get screw-ups running things, and they, believe it or not, have a tendency to screw things up. It's why the Alberta NDP didn't know that you can't turn a swearing-in ceremony into a fundraiser. It's why you had a minister talking about PST and Lloyd Minster, a city on the border with Saskatchewan, who didn't know about the municipal PST exemption. It's why you had them working off a script and question period, then accidentally giving the wrong sheets to people so that one person read the answers as a question without thinking about it like some socialist Ron Burgundy. It's why one of their ministers told everyone in Alberta to move to BC until this whole economic collapse blew over. It's why Notley accused then-leader of the opposition Brian Jean of fear-mongering over wildfires a few hours before his home burned down in the same wildfire that burned down Fort McMurray. It's why when they took power in 2015, one of the first things they did was screw up actual power. You see... The contracts electrical companies had with the government included a change in law provision. Now you're asking, 222, what's a change in law provision? Great question. It's a clause that means that after the contract has been signed, if the government tries to change the rules it falls under, the companies can back out if they want. It's pretty standard. It means that if you supply paper clips to the government and they pass a law stating that there's a paperclip manufacturing levy of 100%, you're not contractually obligated to give them what are essentially free paperclips. This is really basic CYA stuff. Anyway, short story long, this ended up costing the taxpayers a couple billion dollars. And why did this happen at all? They either didn't look at the existing contracts, didn't understand them, or failed to grasp the implications their decisions would have on them. I mean, if it was some yoga studio contract, well... They'd have had an expert. Some idiot backbencher just rubbing their hands with glee. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. We're going to get bent over on this, but in a good way. Because it's yoga. Sorry, that joke was a bit of a stretch. Because it's yoga. And these shenanigans never stopped after they lost power. They blasted Kenny for a $35,000 government contract to a liquor store that donated to him, only to find out a few hours later that they had signed the contract while they were still running things. 
This isn't just a Prairie Province thing either. Anyone who lived in Ontario when Bob Ray was Premier will know that the NDP overspent so frightfully much that the coffers were beyond empty and the government employees were forced to take off unpaid days, which they then named Ray Days. It gets worse though. This one's really bad and it's still unfolding. BC is also ran by the NDP. Over the past few months, American politicians and cruise ship executives have been reaching out to Premier John Horgan about what reopening the industry would look like. He basically ignored them because there's an American law in the books that says that any cruise ship going from Seattle to Alaska has to stop in BC, and he figured he had more time to stall. So while that cocky asshole and his cronies sat around doing nothing, senators from Alaska and Washington got a bill passed revoking that law. And this wasn't a quick amendment either. Even while it was being drafted, being voted on in the House, and being voted on in the Senate, the NDP didn't just do nothing, they scoffed at concerns about this. To quote BC's Minister of Tourism, Melanie Mark, we are confident, arrogant in our confidence, that we are a port of choice. Well, a few days later, this bill got passed, and now the Canadian cruise line industry is literally one presidential signature away from disappearing like food in a socialist country. And knowing Joe Biden, he's probably going to sign it in crayon. All this happened because the NDP made a colossally bad judgment error. I've got at least another half dozen examples, but I feel like the point's already been made pretty well. Look, I'm sure they're nice people and all once you get past the vacant stares of outrage at things like economics and calluses, but the NDP supporters they pull candidates from don't tend to have the type of skills that lend themselves to effective governance. The end result is that anytime they're given a modicum of power, they make more unforced errors than this year's Blue Jays. Well, folks, that's it for today. One final note on my way out. I'd like to take a quick moment to clear things up with the CRTC if I could. I was a little bit hard on you. If anyone from there is listening, I should not have told all you people to eat a bag of dicks. I don't like the idea of you people congregating around a bag of dicks and passing them amongst yourselves for consumption, and I'm sure you don't either. That was wrong. I'm sorry, and I take it back. Each one of you people can eat your own bag of dicks. Two, 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 out.